Hey guys, what's up? It's Corey from Lean Green Dad Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today's episode is a very special one. We have Dr. Alona Day, brought to you by the Whole Kids Foundation. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome to Lean Green Dad Radio. Hey everybody, welcome to Lean Green Dad Radio. From sunny Orlando, Florida, this is Lean Green Dad Radio, the podcast that provides fuel for families. And now, here's your host, Corey Warren. Hey guys, what's going on? Hopefully you're having a wonderful week. My name is Corey and I am your host for Lean Green Dad Radio. You know, guys, I am so excited about today's show. Uh, We're going to get into who our guest is in just a second, but before we do that, I just want to say hello for some of you first-time listeners, let you know who I am and kind of what I do. So uh, I'm a husband and a father and a plant-based athlete, and each week I get to talk to some of the most interesting, fascinating, amazing people that I can find to help me stay motivated, to stay fit, eat healthy, and really get the most out of life as a busy parent. You know, finding time to eat healthy and work out all the time, all while being a busy parent, it can be really difficult, especially when we overschedule ourselves. So my hope is that by me getting a chance to talk to some of these folks that you'll walk away with some wonderful gold nuggets of information that you can take with you in your journey to a healthier lifestyle. Today's guest is Dr. Alona Day. We did mention that earlier, but uh, guys, I'm so excited about this one because if you've seen Forks Over Knives, you know who she is. Her and her husband, uh, Dr. Matt Lederman, they were in Forks Over Knives and uh, they take a wonderful holistic approach to healthcare. And uh, they see patients in California and uh, Dr. Day is part of the Whole Kids Foundation and uh, works as a part of Whole Foods. Whole Foods Market, of course, who we are friends with. Uh, here at Lean Green Dad because I get the opportunity to blog about some of their healthy initiatives. I also teach monthly classes at my local Whole Foods Orlando store. Shout out to Orlando. Um, They've got three locations here and uh, I just do all my shopping there. I do everything. My grocery shopping, um, everything happens there. So um, shout out to them, of course. I'm getting off track, but what I wanted to say was, uh, Dr. Pool Day, back to her. She's, she's wonderful. She is a pleasure to talk to. She's so down to earth. And, uh, I really think you're going to get a lot from this episode. I mean, she's a busy parent too, just like most of us. So I think you'll really get a lot out of the podcast. And, uh, of course, I also want you to check out her book, The Forks Over Knives Family. Uh, lots of great recipes in there for you and your family. I love the pancakes, which we made a little video about, but uh, it's good stuff. So let's dive right in. It is Dr. Alona Day, brought to you by the Whole Kids Foundation. Make sure you get a chance to go check out the Whole Kids Foundation. It's just wholekidsfoundation.org. Not only are they supporting schools around the country, but they are building gardens. They're helping gardens and healthy food get into the school system, which can be incredibly difficult. But uh, I know personally that there's a lot of wonderful grants happening around the country to help bring a healthier diet to kids in the school system. So check them out, wholekidsfoundation.org. And without any further ado, let's get into our interview with Dr. Alona Day. Here we go. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the show. And today, as I mentioned, I am so glad to welcome to the show Dr. Alona Day. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks so much for having me. 
Absolutely. So, uh, you know, our family is a huge fan of the Forks Over Knives family book that came out. In fact, we used uh, one of the pancake recipes and videoed it and put it up on our blog. It was uh, very popular. So the pancake recipes with no oil, I mean, that, that's a, a mind-blowing thing, right? Holy cow, pancakes with no oil? Uh, but truly, it, it's a wonderful book and we really appreciate it. I know that there's tons of other books that you've, you've worked on as well. And uh, really, we are so glad that you have taken the time to, to be on the show and join us. So thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. So let's talk about a couple things that you're not used to talking about. Things that are in your wheelhouse, but not the typical where do you know whole food plant-based families get their protein and explain B12 to me and stuff like that. I want to I want to do uh, another level with you because you're you're used to doing all those those interviews and asking or answering those types of questions. So um, there might be some that you're familiar with, but we'll just kind of see where the conversation goes. So for me, I want to know personally what made you decide to be a doctor. What made you decide to get into the world of helping people? <laughs> um, I think it was manipulation. Uh, my, <laughs> my parents had, especially my dad, always wanted a doctor in the family. And so when I was a little girl, he brought home the little doctor's kit and I became the Doc McStuffins of the 70s. Uh, taking care of all of my dolls and teddy bears and and I loved it um, and uh, I think that really sparked an interest because I had it through junior high school and through high school volunteering at hospitals and I just really had an affinity for you know the notion of really being able to help people um, and then I took that path and I'm very happy that I did and your practice, it's the combination of, you know, the, the medical Western education and also the, the Chinese medicine, right? Right. So, um, yeah. So when I first, um, I, you know, went through all of high school and the beginning of college thinking I was definitely going to go into medicine and really loved it. And, um, it was really fun to do the volunteering aspect of it and really help the children. But when I went into family practice and then when I saw doctors had 10 to 15 minutes with their patients and the effect that they were having wasn't as great as I had hoped. And I just, I felt like Western medicine was becoming more of a business and that just wasn't what I was go, what I, where my heart was. And at the same time, I was volunteering at an acupuncturist center, um, working with an acupuncturist who was working with people with HIV and not treating the HIV, the virus itself, but all the side effects from medications that they were taking. And she actually sat with a patient for half an hour and she really got to know them and she got to hear all about them. So they weren't just a heart or a kidney. You know, they were the entire being that she was treating. And I loved that philosophy. And so I actually went to Eastern Medicine thinking that was what I was going to do. Um, but there I had a mentor who came from China and in China, they learn both Eastern and Western medicine. So West, so Eastern medicine becomes a specialty of theirs. And she, over the course of my studies, eventually just came to tell me, listen, I know you and I know that this is not going to be enough for you. So you, you really want the whole, the whole enchilada. You got to go back to medical school. 
And uh, so after I finished acupuncture school, I wasn't going to go back to medical school. I was determined to just do acupuncture. But after a while, that that itch, like it was just there. And I kept hearing her words. And so I went back to medical school. But isn't our schooling system here, like if you didn't have that Eastern medicine background and that education before you went back to school, the medical school, traditional medical school, don't you think that our system is broken? I mean, the way that we're educating our doctors to heal, you know, uh, not not the root problems, but the symptoms, you know, we're, we're constantly putting Band-Aids over symptoms rather than getting to the root of the problem, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and therein, um, you know, I went to medical school and I, you know, completed it and went through residency and, um, in it just became disillusioned the second time and, um, seeing again and again, patients coming through and, you know, not getting better and having just pills and procedures to offer them that weren't really helping them out. Um, so I met my husband and he was already, traveling the path of nutrition, lifestyle, medicine, and had encountered Dr. McDougall and Dr. Fermel, Dr. Esselstyn, Dr. Campbell. And um, he really helped, he really got me into that lifestyle and, and kind of learning about nutrition, lifestyle, medicine. And as I did, and as I saw what, how powerful this healing modality was in, in, um, reversing diabetes and dropping blood pressures and dropping cholesterol and things that I couldn't do in Western medicine, in conventional Western medicine, regardless of what I tried, you know? So, um, so yeah, we do have a very broken system and, um, and I think we're on the path to fixing it. I think there's a lot more awareness around nutrition and lifestyle medicine, the power of food as medicine, but we have a long way to go. Yeah, and I know that in 2010, you and your husband came on board as global medical executives with Whole Foods Market, which, of course, is a huge supporter of the show and of Lean Green Dad in general. So big shout out to Whole Foods. And uh, as as you know, through our friends at the Whole Kids Foundation, uh, the Whole Kids Foundation is one of two nonprofits that we support through uh, donations and uh, awareness initiatives and stuff like that. So can you talk a little bit about what you do with the Whole Kids Foundation and the importance of, you know, that that change uh, starting with our kids? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I have the privilege of writing occasional articles for Whole Kids Foundation and absolutely love what they do, um, being able to bring awareness of healthy eating to schools to help children develop gardens and teach them not only how to grow the food, but then enjoy the food that they're growing, um, is fantastic. Um, and I think it's a tangible thing that, that kids start to see, start to take pride in. Um, and then it's almost like they're, it's, it's not, it's a fun educational experience that teaches them to enjoy the food um, and what they can make from all of that delicious food. And I think uh, I think it's fantastic. I think you have to start with your kids. Um, I think a lot of parents, what they won't do for themselves, they will do for their children. And learning that you know diabetes and obesity and blood pressure, high blood pressure are now affecting 
our children and that the way to solve those, you know, to get rid of those diseases is through the food that we eat. Um, Whole Kids Foundation offers an incredible opportunity for children to do that. Now, what about socioeconomic impacts and how, you know, if you go into poorer communities, there's accessibility to McDonald's and fast food just like crazy. And, you know, I know that bringing a garden to a school um, that might be a uh, Title I school or something like that. I don't know if you have Title I schools in, you know, your side of the, the country, but over here we have, you know, Title I is the... Uh, more than 95% of the kids are on free and reduced lunch. Um, but, you know, how, how do we continue to make healthy food available to children that might not be able to grow their food at their house or even, you know, they grow it at the school and they don't know what to do with it? You know, how, how do we help make it more accessible to those communities? That's the question of the ages, right? Especially when you're competing against McDonald's and, and, you know, dollar burgers and 50 cent fries or whatever that is. I think it's really um, education um, and educating our children and having them go home and educating their parents. Um, when you think about the rest of the world, really um, a whole foods plant-based diet is a quote unquote poor man's diet. You know, the, the diet of affluence and the diseases of affluence that we're seeing are in um, developed communities or, you know, in the developed world where we are eating a lot of animal products and a lot of fatty processed food. And so if we go back to the basics and we teach our children to go back to the basics, you know, that's um, fruits and vegetables where we can get them whole grains, legumes, um starchy vegetables like potatoes and rice and beans and you know you can get that very affordably um and everywhere around the world i think you know with busy parents uh obviously times of the essence and um you know we often shop at multiple different grocery stores to get what we want and there's so many marketing buzzwords out there i mean there's you know, gluten-free, which has some extra added sugar. And then there's fat-free, which is just a pure marketing word because there's other fake stuff in there. And, you know, there's even organic and conventional and, uh, you know, local. How are we supposed to know as parents, you know, what what decisions are best? You know, for, for us and our family, we, we just try to decide what's important to us. You know, I, I never try to tell everyone, like, this is the exact right way to do it because everybody's different. And I think each family has to kind of come up with their own plan and prioritize what's the most important to them. I mean, we look at the dirty dozen for a couple different things here and there, but what what is your advice to families who are just kind of overwhelmed with the marketing that is in the grocery store and out there on a daily basis? Yeah, um, that's a good question. And for me, when I start out with families, I really ask them to keep it simple. And the way that I like to keep it simple is to think my goal is to get in as many whole plant-based foods as I can. And those are not the ones with the labels of, you know, fat-free, gluten-free, um, or, you know, a whole list of ingredients that you don't know. They are the, again, fruits and vegetables, which we can all identify without packaging, 
whole grains that just say brown rice or oats, you know, or millet, um, legumes. And you don't, you want the ones that just have garbanzo beans, not even salt, you know, and, and you want to make it as simple as possible. Um, so that you don't get confused because there are so many messages out there. Um, and, and that's what I try and tell them at first. Get as much of that whole plant-based food, make that the base in your transition. And whether you go slow or you go fast or how much, how many other things you're adding to the mix, you know that at the base, at your foundation, you're eating a good um, amount of healthy food. I love that. And, you know, in addition to starting off that way, are there other small tips that you like to mention to families who are just starting out, who know that they need to make a change, they're willing to make the change, but they just don't know where to start? Are there any other tips that you might have for, you know, just one or two tips for a family that might be starting off on this journey? Yeah, um, I like, depending on, you know, whether the kids are young or whether the kids are old, I like bringing the family together to kind of talk through a transition, to understand the why. That's always been important for me. And it's the, the, I think the light bulb goes off for most people when they really start to understand the why. Um, and, uh, and I like a family to sit down together because at first a lot of people that I talk to think switching over to a plant-based diet or even transitioning and incorporating some plant-based dishes is overwhelming. Well, what am I going to eat? Am I just going to eat salad? Am I just going to eat steamed vegetables? Um, and when you start talking to them about, I, I have them do a meal plan of things that they're eating now. Don't change anything. Just let me, give me a list of the stuff that you're eating now. And oftentimes I'll see we're having pizza, we're having burger and fries, we're having lasagna, we're having, you know, uh, a soup. Um, we're having sandwiches and then to take those and, and make a variation of the same thing with plant-based ingredients so that you're not, you're not going from lasagna to steamed broccoli and rice, or you're not going from pizza to hummus, you know, you're having pizza, you're going to pizza. It's just going to be pizza loaded with a lot of vegetables and you're having stir fry. Great. We're going to take out the oil and we're going to take out the animal products. We're going to put a lot of noodles and a lot of vegetables, you know, and then a delicious sauce. Um, and, and then it becomes, I think, a lot less intimidating. I love that. I think that taking a slower approach to some families, you know, I've, I've got some families that are night and day, like overnight, they're like, I'm done. I saw forks over knives and I'm over it, you know? And then there's other families that are like, okay, um, this, this is just too much for me. You're, hold on. You're telling me I can't eat meat or cheese and then wait, hold on. What do you mean? I can't eat oil. Oil's healthy for you, right? Oh, I, I took a picture of a sign that said the, the reasons oil is healthy for you. And I, I took a picture of it and I can't wait to post it and put a huge arrow that says false or wrong. <laughs> it was like, it was like, it said things like heart healthy. Olive oil is heart healthy and gives you good skin, you know, things like this. And I'm like, oh man, it's not everybody's fault that they think these things because it's coming from just the entire world. Everybody thinks that these oils are healthy, but you know, at what is it? 4,000 calories per pound olive oil. I mean, it's unbelievable. So, um, you know, there, there are no oils out there that, that are, are good for you. It's just, uh, extracted concentrated versions of fat. Am I, am I right in saying that? Is that correct? Absolutely. We, 
you know, a lot of people resonate with limiting processed foods, but don't think that olive oils or extracted oils are processed. And, um, and when you look at it, it's really adding just fat. There's no other nutritional benefit. Um, and fat is not something that we need to add to the American diet. That's for sure. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Um, talk to me about your work with Whole Foods in general. Uh, coming on board, working with John Mackey, working with the team out there. What's it like and is, is it different? Um, what makes them different from other, you know, large grocery chains? I, I think I know the answer to that, but I'm asking you. <laughs> um, I think, uh, you know, Matt and I have been blessed to work with Whole Foods Market. Um, John Mackey has an incredible vision for a healthier America. And I think the thing that makes them so unique is that that care extends to their team members just as much as it extends to their customers and the public. Um, and so they run immersion programs for their team members where they take team members through, you know, seven to 10 days of learning about whole plant foods, eating whole plant foods, seeing the positive effects of whole plant foods. They have a healthy discount program where you they incentivize um, healthier living and healthier eating. I think there's just, they have healthy eating education and now they have medical centers where um, you can get medical care, primary medical care for free um, as a team member. And yeah, and I, I just, I mean, the care that they have for, uh, for their team members is unprecedented in my opinion. Unbelievable. Um, as a mom now, three and five, your kids are three and five at this point. Um, what, what do you see them? I know that our kids can do whatever they want when they grow up, but how do you see them moving this, uh, this mission, this vision forward, um, in, in their, in their lives? Do they, do they tell you now, like, mommy, I want to be a doctor just like you. Do they, you know, do they wave their plant-based flags at school? Uh, you know, how do you see them being, you know, these, these plant-based leaders for the future? Yeah. Well, I wish, well, no, I don't even wish right now. They both want to be rock stars. So that's their, (laughs) that's their ambition in life. And and we hear them singing and dancing all the time as they practice for that goal. Um, but you know, what's really cool is to see that they do identify with the fact that they're plant-based and they use the word vegan, um, cause that's easier for them, but they know they'll be at school and, um, I get so proud when I, you know, we were at a birthday party the other day and I I saw my five-year-old, she was sitting next to a friend of hers and they were having cheese pizza and the, her little friend offered her a slice and my daughter, she didn't know that I was listening, said, oh no, I, um, I can't eat that. I'm vegan. And it was with such pride, you know, that she, um, she said that, that I, I just looked and I was like, wow, that's really cool, you know, that this five-year-old could just kind of know that this is where the boundaries are, this is what we do at home, this is why, you know, she knows why we do it. And it's funny because we had an issue with vegetables for a little while where they just totally went off of vegetables. And now, as they're eating their vegetables, this is going to make me healthier. And now I'm going to be even healthier. And now I'm going to be strong. And my little one, like, puts out her muscles like Popeye and shows us her muscles, you know. 
and that they're understanding that at three and five and that they have an opportunity to grow in this healthy environment, you know, eating all of these healthy foods from birth. It's, it's really neat to see. Uh, you know, greens obviously are a challenge with kids <laughs> and, um, you know, I've, I always talk about the, the combination of marketing and education, you know, parental marketing of like, well, let me see those muscles after you eat the, that, that broccoli, you know, look at that, buddy. Wow. That's huge. Um, and then also, you know, the, the why as you were talking about, but, uh, my daughter one day, uh, you know, she's, I think she's seven and a half or, um, you know, eight, she's eight now. So, um, must've been seven and a half or so that she said, you know what, daddy, I want to bring a salad to school today. And I'm like, what? I'm so excited. Like, okay, babe. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's make this salad. So we did a very basic chickpea salad. So she had fresh romaine. She cut up, uh, some, uh, fresh tomatoes and some chickpeas. And we just shot a quick video of her and how proud she was of her salad. But then she brought it to school and, a couple girls were making fun of her because she had a salad and they were like, ew, gross, that's so nasty, gross, whatever. And that was the moment where she was like, excuse me, I'm sorry, but that's not polite to make fun of me. And this salad is actually amazing. And she ate the whole thing and they never said anything to her again, you know? So uh, they <laughs> they say the same thing though. Uh, they, they use the word vegan as well. And uh you know, I call it waving your vegan flag, right? Your your proud vegan flag, and um, we always try to help them not be judgmental and um, you know not point out, "Ooh, that's a dead animal" or anything like that. We don't we don't want to be those types of um, of folks that are judgmental towards other people, and it seems to work out well, you know. And so um, I hope that the rock stars that you are making will someday, you know, be able to make their own salads and, and bring them to school and be proud of them. But greens are tough. I mean, greens are just tough for kids. Do you, uh, how do you sneak them in? How do you sneak in? Do you, do you have a green powder that you use? I know there's a couple great green powders that are just the actual, you know, vegetables just ground up into a powder. I mean, it's very, very kid friendly, but I don't know if that's something you do in smoothies or something like that. We do do sometimes we use it in smoothies. We try and sneak it in. I've made muffins before and put it in spinach, which is really benign. Um, we've made a green mac and cheese. Um, wow. Okay. <laughs> and that they enjoy. Um, and now they're into uh, like mixed leaves with a really awesome almond sauce. So we've also used sauces that they like. Um, those are some of the ways that we've done it. <laughs> I love it. Hey, those are great. Those are great little tips. Well, uh, listen, I know you are. Oh, you know what? Before we go, there's one one thing I did want to talk about. And you might have been asked this before. Um, brand new plant-based parents. So if you're a plant-based person or you're vegan, you've been vegan for a long time, uh, and you cannot breastfeed. Um, for whatever reason, you know, my, my wife got mastitis three times and it was just so extremely painful. So, um, what, what alternatives are out there? I know there is no alternative to breast milk. It's just the, the best thing, but sometimes you can't do it. You physically can't do it. So are there alternatives? Are there other thoughts, um, approved formulas that you would recommend? Yeah, um, the one that comes to mind and that I know that um, people use sometimes, which has uh, 
actually it, it is from cow protein, but the proteins are broken down. So it's a hypoallergenic formula is Neocate. And I know that, um, that a lot of plant-based families have used that as an alternative. Okay. Yeah, because it's so it's so important. I mean, when the baby is developing from a super young age, I mean, days, weeks old, you know, you can't switch them over to almond milk at that point. You've really right. got to be very right. careful. Um, and so that's something that we've always we've always wondered. But yeah, we've always found a, a hypoallergenic formula and, and talked to our doctor. And that's where the combination of your knowledge and understanding, in addition to your Western doctor's you know, advice and guidance is, is really important. And I find that if you're able to work together, you know, my, my wife has ulcerative colitis. And so to get her out of her flare, we did a little bit of the Western medicine, but then we also kept our diet perfect. And the medication that she was told that she would have to take for the rest of her life, she was able to transition off of because of her anti-inflammatory lifestyle in the way that she ate, you know, and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's always tied to her her babies, you know, we had our first, our first child, and then we adopted our second and our third, we had again, and so it sent her into another flare. So we're now trying to get that back under control with, you know, our youngest being just one. But uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting combination of the Western meds, and then, you know, Eastern meds, uh, massage, acupuncture, all that stuff is so fascinating to me. And I think the combination of both, and understanding that just these many of these chronic illnesses can be treated or reversed. Um, that that's wonderful. That's wonderful. I I don't I don't personally talk about reversing disease uh, because I I don't feel like it's uh, my place to mention that. That's why I have folks like you on to talk about that. <laughs> you know, but um, ha- as a last little piece here, are there any any issues or any illnesses, chronic illnesses that you've seen that are a bit more of a challenge, very similar to my wife's ulcerative colitis, you know, within the bowels, to that, that you need to really partner with your Western medical background and, and get it under control before you can take those next steps towards a healthier lifestyle? Right. And I think, um, I think that can apply across the board for a variety of conditions. Um, you know, depending on how uh, uncontrolled diabetes is and for how long you've had it, you might, or if you're a type 1 diabetic, you might need insulin. Um, And then also, just like you mentioned, like even if you do need Western medication, to optimize your diet can only help. Um, Help prevent progression. and, and sometimes even reverse or even in type 1 diabetics, for example, who are insulin dependent and then go and, and try a plant-based diet and are really plant perfect, they are able to decrease the amount of insulin that they need. Um, and so I think everybody can benefit from introducing more whole plant-based foods. And then depending on where you are with the progression of your disease, you may need to continue to take medications for the rest of your life, you may be able to wean off of some. And some people, a lot of people, are able to wean off of all. 
I love it. Well, folks, you heard it straight from the doc. <laughs> she told you it's uh, it's possible. So um, thank you again so very much. And you did say a buzzword there, which is plant perfect. And some people might not know what that means, but I'm going to put a link in the show notes for you uh, to Dr. Esselstyn's book, which is a wonderful book. And uh, we'll also give you a, a bit a bit clearer of de- a definition on what plant perfect is uh, in the show notes as well. But uh, Dr. Day, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. It's been wonderful to have you. And uh, we look forward to more amazing stuff coming out from you and Whole Kids Foundation and Whole Foods in the future. Thank you so much. Hey guys, what's up? It's Corey back in the studio. Thank you so much for making it through another episode of Lean Green Dad Radio. But hey, don't let your experience end here. Visit us online at leangreendad.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram. We've even got a YouTube channel. So we look forward to seeing you on those channels, continuing the conversation. And again, thank you so much to our wonderful guest today, Dr. Alona Day. Have a great day, guys, and until next time, keep going that extra mile for your family. Bye.